Welcome to our podcast all about the university application process. Today we're going to be talking about everything there is to know about UCAS, personal statement and what to do after the UCAS deadline. So today we've got a fantastic panel with us today to discuss all of these things. We've got Elliot and Tilly. So if you'd like to introduce yourself, Elliot. Yeah, so my name's Elliot and I'm from the school and college um, liaison team at the university. Um, fun fact, uh, I actually studied at NTU. Amazing. Tilly, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Tilly. I'm a final year psychology student. I just came back from doing a placement year and I sent off my master's application last week. So I think I'm up to date with very up to date with it. And so we've got two very knowledgeable people mm -hmm. to talk about the application process and then you've got me. So let's kick it off. The university application process. What is there to know? Elliot, what is the main things to know about the university application process? What sites do they need to use? Where do they need to start? Hit us with the hit us with the info. Um, so usually if you're in maybe year 13, you will have already um, applied um, or signed up to um, that UCAS hub. It's basically um, a website that allows you to be able to one, search for courses um, and also apply for the courses and then accept if you're able to um, get onto the course, um, which is really cool. Um, so that's the main thing that you're going to need to know is that UCAS, that's the place you're going to be um, to sign up um, and apply for different universities. And it also gives you notifications in terms of um, when you've maybe sent off your application, it will notify you as to if the universities have got back to you. Is there any key dates that people need to know? What, what, what would yeah. you say, Elliot, that people need to keep in mind of? Um, so, yeah, the key date you're going to need to know is the, um, it's the 31st of January um, currently, but sometime around the end of January is when um, that deadline is going to be. So just remember that um, end of January is when the deadline is. Um, but usually what happens is, is that if you're at Sixth Form or College, they will have their own kind of yeah. um, deadline um, for deadline. when they want that in. Yes, it's usually the end of like the first term, isn't Ours it? Ours was November, so <laughs> I had to have mine finished by like the 10th of November. And like, because, but you've got to think like everybody's going to like the same sixth form, like mm. a leader or like the same teacher to try and get it approved and for them to give you like the reference, I think it is, isn't it? To get it sent off. So ours was like, have it done by November. Like definitely start thinking about it like early on in the school year because you've got everything else going on. You've got to be revising for like mock exams or your actual exams. So like the quicker you get it just over and done with. That's why I finished my master's statement in September. Even though I could apply up until the following year, I was like, mm -hmm. I just want to get it out of the way because you've got everything else you need to focus on. It's your final year of sixth form. So yeah, just get it finished. Then you can get it sent off and just wait to hear back from your unis. When you go on to um, the UCAS hub, there's going to be a couple of things that you're going to need um, to fill out. Um, so there's your personal information, for example. Mm. So what your name is. Um, we want to know what your name is if you're coming to um, us as a university. Um, your predicted grades will be in there. Um, the personal statement um, will be in there as well that we'll move on to um, shortly. The big daddy of the yes. application process. Yes. Um, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we chills. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all in anticipation ready to talk about the personal yeah, yeah. statement. <laughs> um, and then also, it's really important is um, any disclosures. So in terms of um, if you have any maybe disabilities um, um, that you um, have it's always good to put that into um, the UCAS hub and I know that that sometimes whenever somebody hears oh 
they want to know if I've got any um, disabilities. There's the stigma around it in terms of, oh, that means that maybe I'm not, I'm less likely to get an offer um, where it's completely not the case. Um, so I kind of want to burst that bubble um, really quick um, because it's actually really, really helpful to um, let us know, um, let universities know what things um, you maybe struggle with um, and things that you need so that we can put things um, in place. I actually got um, my... Uh, special educational need like diagnosed in sixth form with dyslexia and I put that on my UCAS application not really thinking like I got extra time and I was like yeah I just get extra time but I didn't really know like the ins and outs of the impact of my dyslexia because I only recently got like that diagnosis um, and then coming to university I found out that I actually have slow processing which is an aspect of dyslexia and I just get so much more help and assistance with like student support needs and things like that like you definitely like you need to put it down there because then the uni know and like you don't have to reach out to the uni they'll reach out to you like when you're there I get emails all the time being like oh you can join us for this event you can join us for that event and it does make you feel like a lot more aware as well like how it can impact like your education and things like that and it just makes you feel like okay like it's okay that you have this it's okay like you know whatever you've got going on like the uni are there to help you they're not there to be like okay you're on your own now like you can do it by yourself like they definitely help you I get extra time with my exams if I need any other help I know where I can go to find it and it just allows me to just give myself the time as well to just process everything that's going on as well like it just allows me to just be in my own and just deal with it it's like one less thing to worry about is if yeah, you've definitely. got that extra time just allow you to, yeah. to just to process and everything to do that. Yeah. and the thing is is that if you hadn't actually put that in there we wouldn't have known until and it would have been maybe you still would have been able to get that but it would have been a much longer process yeah I would have had to, get... to like I, I just couldn't imagine being in first year moving to a new city and then trying to find out where I would get the help for my dyslexia I was just so lucky that the university just handed me that information my first yeah. exam they was like okay you've got this 25% extra time this is the link that you tap on or this is the room that you go to I didn't even have to work that out myself the university just did all of that for me and I just couldn't imagine like not having that there like it's been such a huge help. I got diagnosed with that dyslexia in my final year and the difference between the final year support and the first year mm -hmm. support just for my my own help yeah. was completely like groundbreaking like it really it's just incredible made a huge, how much help difference. you get. Yeah so if, it is, if there's anything in your mind that thinks oh no it's fine like I don't need that extra time like take it because mm -hmm. it's there to help you yeah. and there is absolutely zero stigma at all in fact a lot of my final year friends were very jealous that I had an extra two <laughs> weeks to finish my dissertation yeah I, would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's there to help mm -hmm. pop anything that you want to disclose on the on the yeah, application yeah, and it's there before you mm -hmm. even come here which is yeah, really helpful yeah. um so yeah so we've talked about um putting your choices down as well so five choices you have um, for university um so not six not seven not 10, five choices. I know you probably would have visited more than five universities um, at open days and things like that, um, but it's only five that you can put down. Um, and then, yeah, you're putting in, if you've got any work experience, um, that can be really helpful with some courses where um, it work experience is required. Um, so I know some of our um, veterinary um, courses at NTU, um, they require you to have work experience. Um, so it's good to put that down um, there as well. Um, and then you'll have to pay um, to obviously send off the application. It's a small fee um, and then it gets sent off and then that's it. You're waiting to hear back um, from the universities, um, which is really can be stressful, but it can also be really cool when you get that notification to say, hey, um, we've offered you a place. So, personal statements. Elliot. Yes. 
What do you think makes a really strong personal statement? What I think makes a strong statement is if you've included in your statement um, certain skills that you have and you've not only put those down, but you've got examples of when you've used those skills. Mm. Um, because at, at university, there's going to be a number of skills that we're wanting you to have. So in terms of organizational skills, in terms of are you going to be able to make your lectures um, on time? Are you going to know where they are, etc.? Um, moving on to team working, um, there will be, I know for my course, there was um, a period where I had to do like a group project and then would have to present that um, in front of the rest of um, our lecturers. So have you got good team working skills? Um, can you meet deadlines? Big one. You're going to get deadlines at university. Can you meet um, those um, deadlines? So if you've got examples of those, um, but, um, which that would be great, put those into your statement. And I always say it doesn't necessarily have to be examples of in education. Yeah. It can be outside as well. So in terms of uh, maybe team working, lots of people have part-time jobs. And with that comes loads of skills. So communication skills, um, team working skills, um, using your initiative as well. Those are things that as a university we would want to see. Um, so if you've got examples of those, great. Put those into um, your statement. Um, but it's all about talking positively about ourselves, um, which can be a difficult thing um, to do. And I think that's you're not alone if you're thinking I can't think positive about myself you're probably not alone most I think most humans we struggle to kind of think positively um, about ourselves um, but for personal statements you're gonna need to think okay that brag out yeah yeah you got yeah you gotta big yourself up that's what I always say small as well you can definitely like word it in a way that does make it sound like really important I know like talking about being in like teamwork and stuff like that even just saying like me and my team or I and my team, just like putting yourself first, even though it was a group effort and good job for all of your team, but you're trying to put your best self forward. So even just using like simple things, like I did that in my master's statement. I said um, in my class or me and my other like things. And there was like, no, you need to say I in this, like you was the one that did it as well. Yeah. You contributed just as much. So you just need to like emphasize like your part in like doing things as well. And I think like with your personal statement, this is your, this will probably be a lot of the students sort of first opportunity in life where they will be doing something sort of skills, but writing about something skills based that has kind of more of a professional feel to it yeah. because your personal statement doesn't stop. You will be writing what skills you've done in what project for the rest of your like professional career 100%. in every interview now you're sort of pulling out that same sort of format so this is just great practice it's so like a good basis to yeah. build on it as well the earlier you start getting used to bragging exactly. about the things that you've accomplished then mm -hmm. then job well done yeah that's what i always say to when i maybe do workshops on personal statements there may be some people there like i'm not even thinking about going to university but i'm like hey Personal statements are basically cover letters um, that you're going to need to write um, for jobs and things like that. So, yeah, um, personal statements are going to be really important um, for university. And it's important to know that the person who's kind of reading your statement, they don't actually know who you are in terms of they don't have any fun experiences with you. They don't know, oh, you uh, managed to persevere through this or do that. They don't know anything about you. All they've got is your name, where you're from, and that personal statement. And I always say this, when I applied for history, let's say there was about maybe uh, between 150 to 200 people maybe on the course. It wasn't just 
200 people applying for that course. Could have been 300, 400, 500 people. And the only thing that could separate myself from somebody else could be that personal statement. And because we could have the same predicted grades, we could come from the same uh, maybe region, that personal statement can be so key um, in actually getting you onto um, that course. The main thing I would say that from taking what you said earlier is like, be specific, you yeah. know, instead of just being like, in my part-time job, I speak to customers because uh, so I have good communication. Like that could be applied to anybody that has a part-time job. Like, yeah. you know, what makes it different for your specific role? How intense is it? How mm -hmm. often are you doing it? You know, really kind of pull yeah. out those small details that um, can really help your application stand out. My little sister, she's doing hers now and she wants to do biochemistry. And then for her, she needs to have like lab skills. So I was like, when have you had lab skills at school? And she was like, well, I go into the science classroom. I was like, that's a lab. Mm -hmm. So we like use that to like say that she's got lab skills using a microscope or yeah. whatever else that she has to do. So like actually looking at what does that job in the future require you to have yeah. is the skills that you're also going to be learning at university and kind of like merging the grad skills, merging the actual university course can actually help give you some like good pointers into what you need to write in your like application. So one of the questions we get asked a lot is what if you want to apply for similar courses, but obviously you can only have one personal statement. So what mm. advice would you give to make that personal statement be holistic for kind of both of those courses? I know some people, we get asked that question all the time. So what advice would you give, Elliot? Usually what we um, kind of use, we like to go with this phrase, um, using the ABC method. It basically stands for activity, benefit, and course. Ooh, okay. So how you write your statement would be an activity. So let's take me for example, an activity that I did um, at a secondary school, I would help out in, um, we call them acts of worships, but they're basically assemblies mm -hmm. um, where you speak in front of maybe your year group or the whole school. Um, so that was my activity. Um, then I move on to the benefit. So what skill did I get out of that? Um, so for me, that helped to develop um, my public speaking skills, communication skills, and then C stands for course. So how do you link it back into um, the course? So I would say, well, I've done some research into the NTU history course to find out what's going to be happening. And I know that part of it is going to be some group work where we're going to have to do some presenting. Um, and I have those skills to be able to deliver on that. Um, so that's kind of how you would word your your statement yeah yeah and if um, you think pulling on the skills as well of like wanting to do two courses if that was me I would bring up like both courses on like the university page and like literally go through and find the similarities in those courses so there are course overviews there's like content overviews like a key thing I think that is across I think quite a lot of courses is like developing your university skills I know ours is called like analytical fields or like professional development so I feel like that's a, co a common quite like a lot of like loads of courses. So looking at what does that actually look like? What do you have to do at university? What skills is that teaching you? And have you already got a basis for those skills? So like academic writing or like reading something or like critically thinking, like have you had to, I don't know, problem solving this thing or problem solving that thing? So like trying to find the similarities and like narrowing them down to like a point. And then you can like, you know, go onto your ABC and feel like just trying to find what exactly is the similarities. Yeah. Personal statement X. I want to hear them. Elliot, what is your personal statement X? If people are out there thinking, what do I include, not do I not include? Yeah. This is our personal X of personal statements. Okay, I've got two X. Am I allowed to say two You X? can have as many X as you want. <laughs> this, okay. We are not X restrictive on, on not X. Not restrictive X. Yeah. I like it. Um, so my first X is people using bold statements in terms of saying, 
this is a, a wild example, but saying accepting me onto this course will be the single greatest decision this university has ever made. Oh, nice. yeah. that is very strong. Yeah, very strong. That is very strong. I think people write these personal statements and forget that a lot of people are going to read them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You probably thought no one's ever going to read this. I can say what I want. Oh, oh no, we will. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Um, so yeah, same bold statements like that, and then another one which this is more likely that people will say is that from when I was maybe one years old or from when I was a little baby. I knew that I wanted to be a doctor or I knew that I wanted to be a psychologist. Um, in my head, I'm thinking I didn't know what I wanted to do until I was like maybe seven or eight. And even then that's changed now. So I, I wanted to be a mermaid when I was seven. So I was a glad that they don't that. do a university course in mermaid <laughs> mermaidism. Kind of wish they did though now. Sadly, that yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a fault. Yeah. I'll have to look into it. So my second ick, um, what was it? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> was um, putting quotes into, well, not necessarily putting quotes in, but putting loads of quotes that don't really relate to what you're talking and about I think just also think about how you got that quote if you google top 10 quotes to put in your personal statement I probably wouldn't use one of them ones because yeah. some other people are probably going to use Facts. it yeah. um, I know you were saying the general quote that you had in yours yeah so when I was writing mine I googled well what you just said mm. um, oh. top, top 10 um, quotes on history or people in history and I saw a cool Martin Luther King quote and I thought this sounds really cool this is going to really add the seasoning you know the, the salt the like salt bay the spice um onto in my personal statement and then it got stricken off by my tutor and yeah, it was kind of hurtful it humbling experience really um but when I actually look back now I'm thinking Elliot this had no relation to what I was actually talking about um I just put it in there for just like take up some space yeah to take up the workout to take yeah <laughs> yeah the fluff I love that yeah to, uh, to add a bit of fluff to the statement but the fluff wasn't good Tilly what gives you the ick about your personal statement now or other personal statements that you've seen? So definitely in my A-level personal statement, I wrote about the fact that I did ballet and like all the amazing things that ballet did. And I spoke about it in the present tense, like I was still dancing and I had actually quit like two years before. <laughs> so I'm just going to say, it, I didn't have to do an interview. Thank goodness I didn't have to do an interview because if <laughs> they asked me about dance, I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. When I did that then, um, but so yeah, just be honest about any experiences you've had. Yeah, you did that and it was great experience and it gave me all of the things that I could write about, but I should have just spoken about it in the past tense. Like, I really don't think it would have made that much of an impact if I was still dancing or not, so. Be authentic. I think be authentic. I mean, the idea of the your personal statement is to also see if you're the right fit for the course. So let's say you talk about how you love going to muse museums at the weekend, maybe for like a history course, but you don't and you've never been to one and then your course is 80% going to museums it yeah. means that you're probably not going to enjoy it as as much as you think so it's really important to be your authentic self to see if you're the right fit for the course um and just basically explore yourself a little bit more but like you say be honest be honest so anything Anything else about the University yeah. of Application, Elliot? Yeah, so I mentioned about the end of January for um, applications, um, but there is also another deadline, which is earlier on, um, which is usually in the October um, period. And yeah. that is for when you're applying to maybe Oxford, Cambridge, or maybe you're going down a veterinary um, science route or medicine route. Um, that deadline is in October. I yeah. think as well with that kind of first year of year 13, um, is when a lot of people are going to the open days and, you know, you're really trying to find out the best university for you and some of the open days can lead up right up until the deadline. So 
it's about giving yourself that time to fully make that decision. So there's so many universities across the UK and how would you give the advice of people looking at all those choices to then define what's going to go into those five applications? Looking at just the university side of it rather than the course, it would, if someone's unsure, what advice would you two give them um, to help narrow that down? My little sister recently went to an open day as well and mm-hmm. she actually asked me to go with her um, and it just kind of made me feel like you're in those like welcome talks and they're talking about the course and the grades that they want. And so many people were asking, well, how many numbers do you let in? How many progress onto a placement year? How many go on to do this after uni? And it can like, you do want to look into the future, but also just think about the now, like think about how you feel about walking around at uni. You don't need to worry about, because you know, you might not get in, you might get in. So just think about how you feel in that moment, mm. walking around the uni, going around the classes. Like my little sister was obsessed with the labs that they had there and she was comparing it to this type of lab at one uni and the lab at the other uni. By the way, NTU Clifton was her favorite. So <laughs> just definitely like think about how you actually like, imagine yourself walking around the campus, imagine yourself going to and from your classes, living in that accommodation, because that is how like you're gonna see and like which like find out which uni like best fits you. So like just imagine like actually being there as a student because that's like your like easiest way of knowing if that's the uni for you or not. A hundred percent. Like I think people when they're looking at universities, just the vibe is mm. such a big teller. And that's so strange. But yeah. most people that I've spoken to when I was had my time at NTU was like, I just really enjoyed the feel of the campus. Like everybody was really nice. I could really see myself there. And it's such an underrated aspect of kind of how people first think they're going to look at universities and it yeah. can just literally be how you feel at the open day like you say it's like you could go to a uni and it could be like a really top uni like the best grad prospects but if you go then you don't feel comfortable like you're going to spend three four years there so you really want to make sure it's going to mm. be like a second home to you because yeah. you spend more time at uni than you actually do at your actual house and I only live an hour away from uni and I spend all my time here compared to actually being at home so you really need to think about is that like you're going to be your second yeah. home so yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I love what you said as well about how um, your sister was comparing, mm-hmm. um, which it's not a bad thing to compare um, different facilities or mm-hmm. like the city. Like, do you like a city type of vibe or are you thinking you want it to be some more quiet type vibe? Um, so it's always good to compare yeah, because definitely. like you said, it is three years of your life that you're going to be spending there. I would say it's really important to know how the university feels in terms of when you graduate um are things are there things in place that helps you to get maybe a graduate job um because that's what university is essentially you're you're going to university so that you can then apply for um a certain level of job um so i know at, at NTU for example um we have the um graduate promise um which is really cool i think looking at things like that maybe looking at um their website seeing what types of jobs people have gone on um to do once they've graduated and also placements as well for me um are quite a big thing yeah do you want to do you want to talk about yeah so um as a psychology student it's pretty much well known as a psychology grad you're going to struggle to get a job in psychology without doing a master's without doing a doctorate like it is a very competitive field so to be offered a placement year as part so I actually applied to do my placement year through UCAS and I chose to do that because some universities you have to get like a first or a two-one after first year and then you're completely on your own as well to find a placement year Um, whereas at Trent my placement year was offered to me as part of my UCAS application so I already knew as soon as I got my A-level results I was doing a placement year regardless of what happened in first year second year I knew that year three I was going to be doing a placement year 
And then Nottingham Trent also has a website called In Place, and it basically has all the placements for any course. So even if I decided to do something not even psychology related and go to marketing, I could have applied for a marketing placement if I felt like it. And it had every single placement that every company was offering on there. Um, and I ended up doing my placement as an SEN teacher in a therapy-based school in Surrey. So I moved away to Surrey for a year, which is miles away from Nottingham. <laughs> but it's really yeah. far, it's but yeah, road. like just doing a placement. Yeah, now doing my master's application, thinking about like grad schemes and things like that. A lot of the times they actually ask for a year of work experience before you're actually applying to, which actually nobody ever talks about really is to do a master's and often to do grad schemes to actually stand out. They want a year of experience, like uh, whilst you finish your degree, like, and that I feel like that's where like you're going to almost like step up above like your other course mates is doing that placement year, getting that work experience. Even if you do like a summer internship, so like over the summer, I've worked as support workers. I've worked as like play workers and things like that because I want to be an educational psychologist. So it's anything education based yeah. for me. So even just doing like a six week summer internship, whether it's paid or unpaid, can really just step you like above. And the university do have like pages that can help you with that. So definitely ask those on your open days or even just like email the uni to find out what they actually offer to you mm. during and after uni. Because, yeah, like you don't want to finish uni and be unemployable, you know. It's yeah. a stepping stone for the rest mm -hmm. of your life, isn't it? Like 100%. it's all about making those memories, being Definitely. independent, you know, getting that experience that you want. I think my advice would be what kind of university experience do you want outside of your lectures? Mm -hmm. So my, one of my big things is I really wanted to live in a city because I come from a village of 900 people. My student accommodation had more people than my so village yeah, yeah. so i knew i wanted to go yeah going like Same. the heart of the city so when i was looking around i was like okay great i want a campus city campus kind of base i want something where i can live and walk into town um and that really helped narrow down the kind of universities to choose from i think if you're doing a course that's quite a general course for example like business management you could go to any university pretty much any university um to study that and there may be some that have a lot more um qualifications or they might give you a lot more you know in terms of the core stuff but I think really narrowing down that big holistic idea of what university vibe you want can help direct you in the right in the right frame for it so that would be my advice when it comes to picking universities and I think maybe the distance as well is, oh, yeah. is something um so for me well this is funny because I actually I'm born in Nottingham I've born and bred in Nottingham but I still decided to come to yeah. NTU but um, I still moved out um, but I know some people who were of the mind of they want to move city um, but they don't want to go so far away that it's long to kind of get back home yeah. um, so if you're that's another thing you want to kind of consider how long is it going to take you to get from your um, current house um, to the university trains yes trains are a really big thing to mm -hmm. think about when you cho choose a university if you want to go home yeah. for any reason they're so expensive so like moving to surrey and i live in lincoln as well so it was the same distance between nottingham and surrey mm -hmm. it would cost me like 70 pound to go home on top of that it would take like five six hours i would finish work at like half past four i would literally be straight into london central and then getting on that train so definitely think about the financial costs of it as well like your student loan might not stretch that far or it might stretch that far and definitely get like a rail card I got mine included with my student bank but even if you just pay for it for the three years of uni the amount of money that I've oh, saved it. it's yeah. just definitely worth it yeah 
I feel like it's still ingrained into me. Like I'm 27 and I still have the rail card. And so my oh, friends yeah. don't have it. I'm like, you are crazy. You need a rail card. So 30% <laughs> off, you're crazy. Get a rail card. But even like today, I was looking at a train to get from Nottingham to London, St. Pancreas, with my rail card. It was like 17 pounds. But without, it was like 30, 40. 5,000 pounds. Yeah, <laughs> so I was expensive. like, oh my God. It's actually crazy. I always think as well, when you're choosing, it, it completely dependent on how far away you want to be. But my, my sweet spot was, Close enough I could go home if something happened, but further enough away that I wouldn't come home every weekend yeah. with my washing because yeah. I would have done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think it's all, I think you just have a bit of like self-reflection and think, how far do I actually want to be from home? Am I going to want to come home all the time? Have I got a connection still with my hometown? You know, don't put yourself in a position that you're going to have to travel home six hours every weekend yeah. if yeah. you know that you're going to want to. Um, and if you are somebody that is a homebody and loves being at home. No, maybe again, it's not, have have a think about that because if you get stuck somewhere six hours away and you want to come home, it can just kind of put a bit of pressure on you in that time. And it's a big jump. It's a lot of the, a lot of time it's people's living away from home for the first time. You've probably not, oh, I didn't know how to cook, wash, <laughs> clean or anything. Oh, yeah. I could do oh. beans on toast and that's about it. I, my, <laughs> flatmates from first year still remember that I went to university with like a tin of stewed steak um like in a tin and for me it's completely normal but everyone was like that is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life and I was well, like, like cooked from home yeah so no it was like a, you bought it from a shop but they just hadn't seen it before and I was like oh is yeah. this not like I also didn't know how to cook chicken. I didn't realize you had to defrost it before you cooked that. But anyway, that's a story for a different podcast. That's a story for another podcast. <laughs> 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 Good question, Tilly. How want to press into that. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a podcast for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Katie and her random tea. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did that TikTok that I reflected on my first year meals. And it was literally just chicken and waffles. Oh, <laughs> like it's every way meal. better It's just chicken nuggets and waffles. After this, I will have to show you some photos of the meals that I cooked for my friends. I literally rinse me for it like I had I would have like prawns broccoli beans pasta and cheese and just kind of because I would anything that was left I would just put it in yeah, a thing that's, a that's like they all that's they random. all are tasty individually so why would they not be good all together and I'm not wasting anything but they think it's absolutely you know, at true. that point I just waste yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not good but at that point like sorry it's just wasting <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back you two my I spent the summer before um, uni started at my grandma's and she basically had this massive cookbook of all the things that she cooked I was like just teach me everything yeah teach me everything but I'd want but she's the type where say like she's putting some I don't know some seasoning in I say okay how many how many um, teaspoons no just just until you think it's right I'm like no <laughs> tell me know? the exact <laughs> amount <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah tell me the exact amount please um but yeah that was fun um if we move on to what happens when you've sent off that application? I think that would be really good. Yeah, cool. Um, so when you've sent off that application, um, you will hopefully receive a response um, from the university. We aim to respond within 14 days, um, but that may take longer mm. depending on um, certain things. Um, and like we said, some um, uh, applications that may require you to have an interview, um, may require you to um, have a portfolio, um, so things like that. And then you will receive three types of offers. Um, from the universities so there'll be a conditional offer there'll be an unconditional offer and there will be a rejection so the unconditional offer is basically 
you're in. Mm. Whatever happens, you're, you're in. And okay. it's really cool. Um, so you'll still need to look on that offer to see if there's anything that you need to maybe send off. So maybe maybe you've already got certain grades, but they want to see maybe certificates of those. Um, but if you've got an unconditional offer, great. Congratulations. Um, you're in. Um, most people will get a conditional offer. And that is where you essentially, you're in the university if you manage to get um, certain grades. Okay, so if, for example, the course says you need to get BBC to get onto um, the course, if you get BBC in your results, um, great, you'll be going to um, that university. And then rejection, I mean, it's kind of in the name what happens when there's a rejection. So the least we say about that. The <laughs> Your voice has gone so like <laughs> solemn. He's like, you can remember really talking about he's like, we won't talk yeah. about rejection. We don't talk about rejection. But rejection. Send it to a horror <laughs> podcast. Can I just yeah. say something about the conditional offers? So you might have a conditional offer of like BBB or like the UCAS points equivalent, which I don't know what that would be, like maybe like 112 or something, like 120. BBB is 120. 120, yeah. So you, like some universities saying we only accept BBB, whereas like I know at NTU for my course, it was 136 UCAS points. And the combination of all of my A-levels plus an EPQ, which is like a qualification you can get during your A-levels, equaled my UCAS points. So actually grade-wise, she didn't get the exact grade. So I needed AAB to get onto my course and I ended up getting ABB. But because I did an EPQ, that gave me the extra UCAS points to get me onto my course. So definitely check with your university. Is it points or is it actual grades? Because some universities don't accept like extra qualifications that might be UCAS points. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know whether it's still the case now, but I had to have a certain GCSE. I think I had to have a GCSE B or something like yeah, that some anyway. Yeah, courses you do have to get like a certain grade in maths, but yeah. especially for like those sciencey courses as well. Yeah. Like they might not require it as an A-level, but they still require some sort of... Mm like decent maths grade mm. so if you're a year 11 watching this hey you need to focus on your GCSEs come on so you've applied you've put your put your options in you've got your con- your offers back then you need to tell UCAS what your preference is for the university so you have to decide on where you actually want to go yep. and then you're going to take those next steps further is that right Elliot do you want yeah. to tell us a little bit more about that yep so there's um there's a couple of things you're going to need to do. So you're going to have to give a firm, choose your firm choice um, and then choose your insurance choice and then you decline the rest. So let me just go into that a bit mm-hmm. more. So your firm choice is um, that first choice, basically. Well, as in, if I get the grades, this is the university I want to go yeah. to. Um, then you have your insurance choice, which is mm, if my first choice doesn't work out, if I don't manage to get into that, then this is my kind of backup um, the insurance choice and then all the other offers um so the three other offers you would have got back they will all be declined um one thing to note is that if you've got an unconditional offer if you accept that unconditional offer then you won't have an insurance choice um because the idea is is that regardless you're going to be going on to yeah. um that course um so that's kind of how it works and um, with the choices um i always say um make sure you get all your offers back first before you start to um decide which one you're going to um and as well with the um insurance choice you need to make sure that the entry requirements for the insurance choice are lower um than your firm choice perfect so also i just think one thing to note tilly you was mentioning earlier about accommodation so just making sure when you're choosing which one you want to put firm the um, insurance and things like that is making sure you see what universities kind of regulations are for booking your accommodation and what kind of offer that you need. Um, I think you were saying that 
when you were applying, there was a bit you was yeah, had to do a bit of research. Open theirs like early yeah. whilst people are still applying, and then I think for that uni, like you didn't have to have an offer. But yeah, for like some unis, you have to have your offer yeah. before the accommodation. But like, don't worry because there is a lot of accommodation. I know a lot of unis do have like backups and things like that, and as well as like if you don't get onto like actual student halls there is a lot of like private accommodation that work with the university and you won't be the only person at your uni going there so yeah like you can have just as good as a uni experience on halls and then like private and things like that so just consider what options there are and what you need to have if you're applying for the accommodation definitely just do a bit of research to make sure you know what what place you're at what you need to go because it you wouldn't want to be applying for your dream university and you need to have your firm offer done and you need to get that all sorted before a certain date so just kind of do a bit of research for that and if you're unsure about anything the um, university's admissions and applications team will be able to to help with that so you've applied you've made the decision you've got your offers yes one thing i know that people would be really unsure about is student finance yes so when do you need to apply for that what offers do you need what's the best time to do it um elliot i'll go to you and just say give us the facts mm-hmm. give us the ld the lowdown the lowdown the, the LD. lowdown like that. um so the end of may will be the deadline for that student finance um application to be in um so if you kind of have that as your um put maybe put that in your calendar um the earlier you get it in the better um but that's the deadline um you can still send in your application after that um the only problem with that is, is that it's no longer guaranteed that everything will be sorted for when you start university. Um, so an example of something that could happen is that your first day you're going to enroll, the university says, oh, the tuition fee hasn't been hasn't been paid or you've got rent that's due um, on the Friday. Oh, my student finance hasn't come in yet. Um, that will be because you've missed that deadline. Yeah. Um, so that could potentially happen. Um, but that's why I always say to try and get it in as quick as possible. Um, it can be um, a kind of confusing process, um, but essentially with student finance, you can get two two loans. So you've got your tuition fee loan and you've got your maintenance loan um, as well. So the tuition fee loan will cover your whole um, tuition fee for that year. Um, and then your maintenance loan will help to... Um, cover some of the costs in terms of like like we talked about accommodation um rent and things like that how it works is is that um you can apply the way you can apply is that you can do a means tested um which is usually what people will go for and that is essentially where the lower your um household income is the higher your loan will be okay um so let's say for example um your your household income is 25,000 or lower you will get the highest amount um, of loan um, possible um, for you you'll also for NTU you'd be entitled to our bursary and um, that we offer them um, as well so yeah. it's like automatically done as well so they use student loan like your yeah. student finance application to work out whether you get the bursary and then I get a letter for it in like November confirming that I'll get my three payments for my bursary but I know it's not the same for all bursaries I know some bursaries you have to apply for them and things like that so just check on the university website but I know mine's like automatically I didn't even know I got it 
And so my mum was like, oh, you've got a letter from the uni. You're getting like a bursary. And I was like, oh, nice. Get a bit of extra money. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, yeah. How I look at bursaries is, yeah, that's money I don't have to pay back, which, yeah. which mm-hmm. I love. I um, think this is another benefit of, like you say, getting it kind of all organised early. So you can look and see if you are able to gain any much more income, if you need to look at gaining any more mm-hmm. income. Like summer so jobs and things like summer that. Summer jobs kind of like um, supplementing your um, maintenance loan mm-hmm. as such, if it might not necessarily cover... Yeah your you know car payments or where you might want to live or anything like that it's really important to have a look at that early and you know get your ducks in a row yeah get the ducks in a row um and just be able to see like if you need to get a part-time job or anything like that yeah. um the earlier you can kind of look at all that yeah. definitely the better and you do not want to start freshers with no, no money with, yeah no. that's rough there's been also a, the dsa you apply for that through student yes. finance as well that's the disabled students allowance yeah. so things like dyslexia or any other needs they'll either like actually give you like products to help you like laptops and things like that or they'll just give you like a cash bursary which you don't have to pay back so just go yeah. through the dsa if you have you do have to have like um like a proper medical diagnosis for to get anything like that so just you know if you need to go through that process get it over and done with so you can start getting your dsa so we've spoken about everything leading up to the deadline, mm-hmm. all the things to do on UCAS Hub. But what happens if you get to the 31st of January and students are like, do you know what, I actually kind of do want to go to university. Um, I haven't been doing that personal statement or anything like that because I didn't think it was for me, but I've now decided it is for me because people do. They do change their minds and that is completely viable and there is so many options out there. So Elliot. Yes. Who, this student, pretend I'm a student that has... Hello, student. Hello, thank you. Thank you for speaking to me today, <laughs> sir. Um, what happens? I've missed the deadline. What can I do now? I want to go to university in September. Oh, gosh, means you can't go to university. Oh! <laughs> Early the joking. <laughs> yeah, so UCAS Extra is an opportunity for you to um, still apply um, for the uh, courses that you are wanting to maybe go for, but you will, I believe, um, you will have after already applied beforehand, and then maybe you've decided to reject all your all your offers. Oh. Um, so then that's an opportunity for you. But if you've actually missed the deadline completely, so you've maybe it's the 1st of February and you're like, actually, I do want to go to university. I've changed my mind. My yes. life projection has changed. I would like to go to university. <laughs> yes, it yeah. can happen. It can. Yeah. And that's completely fine. Yeah, that's absolutely okay. Um, so what you can do is you can still apply um, to university and that's where you'll be able to contact um, the university, see if they've got any vacancies um, available. The only thing with that is um, in terms of if you already kind of know that you want to go to university, um, then we still try and say to go for that deadline just because um, those vacancies can get taken up really quickly. Um, So if you do know that you want to go to university, great, head for that deadline. If you're still not too sure, but then after you're like, actually, I do want to go to university, that's still okay. You can still um, apply to university. Um, You can also, um, through clearing, that's going to be um, a good option um, for you in terms of finding out if there's courses, if there's still courses available. The reason why we have that kind of deadline um, is that if you miss that deadline, like we said, you can still apply to university. The only thing is, is that... um, it's going to be a bit more difficult in terms of is there availability on the course? Are there vacancies still available um, on the course? Um, but yeah, you can still apply to university. You could, on results day, get some results and be like, actually, I actually want to go to university. Mm. Um, and you can do that. Um, and that will be through clearing. 
Elliot, yes. can you tell us what results day will look like if you have applied through UCAS, if you have decided that the university that you've been accepted isn't necessarily the choice for you and you want to have a look at the other options? Can you give us a bit of intel as to what results day looks like and for people who may not know? So you've gone to your college or sixth form and you've got your um, that little piece of paper that's going to tell you what your results are. That's great. Um you'll then hopefully receive, you may get a notification um, via maybe email um, to say if you've been accepted um, onto your firm choice. So if you've got the grades to get onto that course or the UCAS points um, or your ins- you've been accepted onto your insurance choice. Okay, and that's if you haven't managed to get the entry requirements for your firm choice, you'll enter into your insurance choice. If you haven't... Um, got the entry requirements for either your firm or insurance you will be able to enter um what is called clearing okay and i think we've mentioned it um a few times we haven't talked about it um, kind of in depth um one thing i always say um about clearing is that it's not a bad thing going through clearing is 100 percent not a bad thing i've heard stories of people who have gone through clearing and it was the best decision um, that they've ever made um so clearing is essentially where you're able to contact universities and find out if they've got any vacancies um, available on their course um so you'll call them up um you'll speak to a clearing advisor so i was a clearing advisor um for this year which is really cool um and you'll tell them what your grades are um what UCAS points you've got um, and what course you're looking um, to maybe apply for. We will then um, have a look, see if there's any vacancies available. If your UCAS points um, hit the entry requirements, we'll be able to accept you um, onto the course. Okay. Um, What's great about um, clearing is that one, it's for people um, who maybe haven't um, got those firm or insurance choice, they can go through clearing. But also let's go back to... um, that person who's maybe thought, I actually don't want to go to university. Mm-hmm. And then on the day, they've seen the results. Whoa, I've actually got some really good um, results. Maybe like, I do want to go to university. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe I want to go to university. That person can go through clearing and be able to um, apply for a course or sign up to a course um, that they want to um, go for. So clearing is a really good opportunity um, for people. So don't just think you've got your results back and you may think, oh, no, it's not what I wanted. Um, it may not be what you wanted, but there's still options out there for you. When it, um, The night before my results, day, I actually had like a backup list and I had all of the clearing phone numbers because they actually do release their clearing lines. Even though they oh, don't know yeah. what places they've got, they release the phone number. So I had a note on my phone with backup unis, backup accommodation even, because I even thought that, even looked that far in advance, just in case it That's really didn't go to plan. Though, but just have like a backup list. And then I actually went back to that backup list anyway, even though I got into my phone, just yeah. to see, okay, what is available? Do I want to look somewhere else? Or am I happy to stay? Because you have got time to change your mind. Like yeah. it's not really set in stone until you've enrolled at that university so I think that's a great bit of advice Agreed. actually to um, have that backup list um, ready because that like we've mentioned a couple of times already today is that um, it can be a quite stressful experience so if we can find ways to relieve um, bits of stress um, then that would be great so having that backup list like you said having the numbers that's a mm-hmm. great one um, because you don't want to spend time trying to Googling find um, the numbers yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> There is as well, um, so you can call, you can also, um, if you know what course you're wanting to do, um, you can go through the website as well, I'm applying through the website, but knowing that 
one, you've got the numbers. Two, I know where to go on the website if I need to go um, via that route. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the day, you'll have everything ready um, for if you need to go down that process. Yeah, manifest a non-stressful experience. The amount that you can prepare beforehand, yeah. even if you're fairly set, you're going to get your results, fairly set on the places that you want to go. It's just good to have that backup just to make that morning as seamless as possible. Silly, I know you mentioned earlier about you kind of had a different, um, a change of heart on results day and that sort of thing. Do you want to tell yeah, a little so, bit about that? Um, my results day was in COVID. So they had like changed our results and things like that. But I did like get into my firm, which was Trent. And then I actually got better than what I was expecting mm. when I got my results back. So I did actually go through clearing and I contacted quite a few of the universities to see if they had any places. They did have spaces, but I really wanted to do a placement year as part of my course. And like I mentioned before, like they can't guarantee a placement year unless it was like based on like my first year grades and if I could find one myself. But because I'd already been in like communication with NTU and I'd asked them loads of questions on like open days about the whole placement process. And I knew that that was guaranteed. I was like, that's the university for me then. So we're going to do a little bit of a fun, quick fire game now just to kind of test our application knowledge and also just to get them you know, get them deep truths out. So if you had to tell one piece of advice to yourself, to your to your past self, applying to... You had to tell one piece of advice to your past self, applying for university. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, we're all on the same page. <laughs> what would it be? Tilly, quick fire. No time to think. Um, do some sort of work experience or volunteering. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. Do some sort of work experience or volunteering because... That is like the easiest way to talk about something. Like even that year 10 work experience, talk about that because it's still showing that you're applying your knowledge to the real world. So yeah, do some sort of work experience, like part-time jobs, whatever. Like it really does help to put that in your statement. Don't wait till the last minute. Great, to the point. Don't wait yeah, till the last minute. That's it. Yeah, Mine yeah. would be make sure you use all five of your options as universities that you would really want to go to. Mm-hmm. I only applied for one university and one course, which all worked out fine in the end thankfully, which is why I'm here. Mm-hmm. However, I think really use them five options to the best of your capabilities um, to explore and all that sort of stuff just so then it comes down to results day and you haven't got the results you want. You've got four other options that you're mm-hmm. really knowledgeable about and really comfortable with if you and if you do want to go to one of them universities. We've discussed absolutely everything there is to know about the university application process. I feel like I've learned something Tilly, have you learned something? Yeah, definitely. The ABC, I'm going to give that to my sister. Anybody yeah. who like, asked me, ABC your way through that personal statement because I feel like that is a good like step-by-step way. It's literally like the easiest way of writing your statement. Like You do five paragraphs of ABCs, boom, there's yeah. your statement. Easy as one, two, three. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> Elliot, have you learned something today? You are our, our personal statement application expert, but... Have you taken something away from today? I've learned a lot from Tilly today. I can't lie. I have learned yeah. a lot from Tilly today. Yeah. I feel like Tilly Stop should have the, her own podcast for the next episode. Those two should just yeah. sit off camera and just yeah. smile and wave. And you know <laughs> what's good about it is that because like, well, like both of us, it's been a while since we've been um, through this process. Me, obviously, longer. Um, which we, Keep reminding you of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get keep a lot longer. That. Yes, yes. Um, but it's good to kind of hear the... Um, hear the side from you in terms of you're kind of still in it in a way in terms of like you're going on to do your masters now um i'm checking my emails every day can they hurry up and can they just let me know what i'm doing yeah but that's what that's what students would be going through when they're applying for university checking their emails and there's Mm -hmm. there's that stress and thinking oh are they gonna am i gonna hear back from them what they're gonna say um so it's kind of good to get a fresh perspective of um what it's kind of like the process it's so intense 
Yeah. Like to think that you're applying for that, you're literally like, what, 18, 17. Yeah. You're like applying for something that you're going to do for the next like three, four years. Yeah. I think we've discussed everything there is to discuss and we have come to the end of our podcast episode. So wow. thank you so much. We really hope that you've learned something. We know we definitely all have here. If there's anything else that you'd like to know, head to ntu.ac.uk forward slash applying to find an absolute array of resources and information and people from our team that you can speak to. But yeah, I'd just like to say a huge thank you to our amazing panel. Thank, thank you, you, Elliot. And thank you, Tilly, for joining thank us you. today. And we shall see you very soon and good luck with your university application yeah, good yes. luck everybody Woo, good luck <laughs>